Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. I am your host, Laura Reeves. Here at the Good Dog Pod, we are all about supporting dog breeders and responsible dog ownership. We provide dog lovers with the latest updates in canine health and veterinary care, animal legislation and legal advocacy, canine training and behavior science, and dog breeding practices. Subscribe and join our mission today to help give our dogs the world they deserve. Hey, everybody. Are you excited for Westminster 2021? Join us for a breeder appreciation party on Friday, June 11th, sponsored by Good Dog, Embark Vet, and Trupanion. We'll be outdoors at Hudson Anchor Rooftop, less than 10 minutes away from the Westminster site. There'll be free food, drinks, live music, giveaways from Chris Christensen, Revival Animal Health, and a whole lot more. Plus, you can bring your dogs and celebrate the return of dog shows with lots of your fellow breeders. Check the show notes for more information. Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and I'm excited. I have Dr. Chris Zink back here with me. And as I mentioned last time we talked to Dr. Zink, she's a canine sports medicine and rehabilitation specialist. She's a veterinarian who trained extra time to learn how to work with dogs in a rehab setting. And so, Chris, welcome, first of all. (laughs) Thank you very much. Always love talking to your listeners. I love having you on the show. I want you to walk us through specifically what a sports medicine and rehabilitation specialist is and what it is not. And what are some of the other people who practice in this arena and how do we help our listeners find these folks and what can you do with their dogs to help them? Okay, lots of good questions there. So let's talk first about what is a specialist. I know you've addressed this in previous podcasts, but let's just review it really quickly. So a specialist, a veterinary specialist, is someone who has done a three-year residency specializing in learning about a very specific field. It might be the field of reproduction. It might be surgery specifically. In this case, we're talking about canine sports medicine and rehabilitation. That's an important thing to recognize. They also, at the end of that three-year period, have to write and pass a very comprehensive examination that they end up studying for for months, and certainly it's a very high bar to pass. So people that have the letters B-A-C-V-S-M-R after their name, that means they're a diplomat of the American College of Veterinary Sports Medicine and Rehabilitation. So they've done that three-year period of study and examination on the fields of sports medicine and rehabilitation. Now, there also are many, many more people who have attended training in just rehabilitation. And that training is often in the hundreds of hours of classroom and laboratory time. It's not just a simple weekend of training. In fact, it usually takes 12 to 18 days full-time to accomplish all of this. And then oftentimes it also requires an internship. One of the groups, for example, requires 40 hours of internship with a practitioner to get some real life experience in the field. So if we're talking about people who have a certification in rehabilitation, 
there are four main groups that offer those certifications. They offer them all around the world. We'll have links to those groups in the blog post for the podcast. Super. So you can go and you can look at what the training comprises. And it's important to think about that because someone who has this certification has really made a commitment to understanding the anatomy and the physiology and what is required to bring a dog physically back to health after, for example, surgery or an injury, or even just to maintain a dog's health, especially for dogs that are really active and doing lots of things and not only competitive dogs that are doing sports, but also dogs that are very, very active with their people. That's a great point because I want to make sure that people understand sports medicine for dogs isn't just for the world agility team. It can be for your dog that goes hiking with you all the time. Absolutely. For example, many people go to a physical trainer because they, (laughs) they want to keep themselves as fit as possible and as healthy as possible and injury free. And so that is a service that a certified trained rehabilitation therapist would also offer. And I think it's really important for us to think about that. There are many parallels between us and our canine friends that way. So there are four places that I know of that train. And like Laura said, there will be links to that. One is the Canine Rehabilitation Institute. That's a place where I teach and I'm very familiar with that. Their classes are located in Florida and Colorado, but also all over the world. Another one is Healing Oasis, which is located in Wisconsin. A third one is the Integrative Veterinary Medical Institute, which is in Florida. And then there is Northeast Seminars, which offers classes in many locations, oftentimes in Tennessee, but other places as well. And so the people that you are looking for, if you have a dog and he looks like he might be a little off, maybe he's not running and jumping as much as he was, or maybe you took him to fly ball and he twisted his knee when he landed after the frisbee, right? Like whatever. You're going to look for these people on these sites that we're going to link. And then what are they going to be able to do? How are they going to diagnose? And what is going to be the type of treatment plan that they can arrange for your dog? Okay, Laura, that is a great question because there's some things that you need to be aware of here. So A person who's certified in rehabilitation therapy might be a veterinarian, and then they could do the diagnostics, or they might be a physical therapist, in which case they're not trained to do the veterinary component of it, but rather the rehabilitation component. Or they might actually be a veterinary technician, or the new terminology we're using is veterinary nurse. And so, of course, they're not trained to make the diagnosis. So, If you find yourself with a dog that you think might have an orthopedic injury, first you want to go to your general practitioner veterinarian because they are familiar with your dog. They know you. They know the things that you do with your dogs. And they are equipped to do many of the injuries that our dogs get. But should you need a referral to someone else, I would recommend not going to a certified rehabilitation professional, but rather to either an orthopedic surgeon or a sports medicine specialist. Who very specifically has that training, right, Chris? Yes. Those are veterinarians only. Mm -hmm. 
I know to the public, this seems like a lot to navigate. So there's a, just an awful lot of letters and, right. and specialties and everything here. But I hope I can make that really clear to you. You do want to go to a veterinarian to get the diagnostic work done. So, for example, in terms of chiropractic, a veterinary chiropractor could be a veterinarian or it could be a human chiropractor doing veterinary work, but only the veterinary one is able to do diagnostics. So you can go to get your dog adjusted, but if you're going with a dog you suspect has an injury, then you'll want to go to an actual veterinarian. That's really, really important for people to recognize. So veterinarian first, you can have the treatment plan at someone who is not. Absolutely. Okay. All right. The diagnostics are done by the veterinarian. The treatment could be done by a veterinarian or a physical therapist. Or, for example, you could take your dog and it could be examined by a veterinarian, the diagnostics made, and a plan designed, and then that plan could be carried out by a veterinary nurse right. or technician. Okay? Right. That's really important. And I do find oftentimes that people get caught with this. They just didn't know the right person to go to. So always just think, if I don't know what it is, go to a vet. Yes. <laughs> Don't ask on Facebook. Go to a vet. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes I look at Quora. Dr. Google. People on Quora are saying, you know, my cat has stopped urinating and it hasn't <laughs> drunk in three days. And, you know, what should I do? I'm like, go to your veterinarian. What are you asking on Quora for? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. Dr. Google. I know as a dog handler and as a dog trainer, Dr. Google makes me crazy. I can't even imagine how it makes veterinarians feel. So. Listeners, Dr. Google is not the answer. Take your animal to the vet, please. We beg yes. you. Dr. So you get your nothing. diagnosis and you figure out that you have maybe a bad disc or you have a bad meniscus or you have a bad something in your dog. And right. you make a treatment plan that involves one of our specialists that may or may not be a veterinarian, depending on your plan in your area of the world and the country. Don't hesitate when you go to the veterinarian to ask for a referral to a rehabilitation therapist. Your friends might have gone to a rehab veterinarian or a rehab specialist of whatever kind, PT, nurse, etc. But always check with your veterinarian because hopefully they have experience. They have personal experience with how other dogs in their practice have been treated and they can give you some really good advice. And that's a great way to start. And then if your veterinarian's not sure and you go to someone great, feed that information back to your veterinarian so they can help others. I think that's a great point. And I think we lose track of that, Chris. I think sometimes we just simply lose track of every veterinarian doesn't know every single thing and helping them is a And that includes me. You know, if you ask me about urinary infections in cats, I'm remembering from 40 years ago in vet school. So don't be asking me that, you know? So all of us have different subsets of knowledge. Yes. And we shouldn't diss anyone that they're, because their subset isn't what you wanted. Just find someone with the subset that you want. Yes. I think that is so important. I know this is incredibly off topic, but I also feel really strongly about it. There is such a shortage in the veterinary community right now. I know my personal veterinarian in my town is down from three vets to just her and cannot find anyone to hire. Veterinarians are feeling overwhelmed, particularly in this COVID time, abused. Like people 
are unkind to their veterinarians. And I am on a mission to encourage everyone to be nice to their vet. I would uh, agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, a lot of veterinarians graduate with half a million dollars in debt, and it's the lowest paid medical profession by far, by far. And so they're dealing with a lot of stressors. And I agree. Let's give them the credit where credit is due. Yes. But okay, so now we've gotten a referral to a certified rehabilitation therapist. And we go in and they're probably going to examine your dog themselves. They're going to look at your dog in ways that perhaps the veterinarian didn't because they have special training and manipulating the body in certain ways. And they're going to feel what muscles might be smaller or whether there are areas of soft tissue tenderness. So they're going to do their own examination and they're going to find out what things are not ideal for your dog. And they're going to make a plan. And so what might that look like? With COVID, a lot of times you can't go in with your dog. But once this is done, you will be able to go in with your dog because most rehabilitation therapists before COVID would let you come in and sit with your dog, which is actually wonderful because you can communicate the whole time. The therapist can be telling you what kinds of things you need to do at home, which is a big part actually of recovering. Think about it. If you had an injury and you went to a PT, they would give you home exercises to do in between visits. It's not just that the visit does everything, but the visit creates the scenario for everything to be covered, either at the clinic or at home. And so what are some of the things they might treat your dog with? Well, there are a variety of modalities, we would say, that are basically they're like machines that do specific things to help your dog. So laser therapy is one of them. And that's an important one, laser therapy. We can talk at another time what all of these do, but I'll just very briefly say that laser therapy provides energy for healing. Therapeutic ultrasound, it actually heats the muscle, uh, the tissues in a very deep way, much more than if you were to apply heat to the surface. It goes in and applies heat deeply. And we know that heat also helps to stimulate healing. There might be shockwave therapy, which is a application of an impulse. It sounds aggressive, but it basically is an impulse that kind of hammers the tissue once or twice and stimulates. Sometimes the tissue has failed to heal, but it's become kind of stagnant. And so this is a way of reestablishing the healing process. Of course, there is manipulation, such as massage or other kinds of manipulation. So for example, there's joint mobilizations where if a joint is injured, let's say a joint is arthritic and it's kind of seized up, then by mobilizing it in a very specific way, moving those bones one against the other, you can stimulate healing and also increase mobility of the tissues. There's a lot of hand work that goes on that people are trained to feel things and sense things and That's a big part of the work. I will mention here that oftentimes people just think of, well, it's just going in for some laser. I could buy a laser and I could do the same thing. Well, not really. I mean, you could do the laser part if you bought a four or $5,000 laser and actually applied it correctly. But without the training, you don't have all of the other components that would work in. It's a very integrative system. 
because we want to make everything work together again. And bones don't work like tendons and tendons don't work like ligaments and everything. So we need to put it all together correctly. And then the therapist might also go through some exercises with your dog that would help with mobility. Let me give you an example. Let's say we have a dog that has had surgery and there's swelling around a joint and we want to get that joint to start really working through the full flexion extension. Well, we might set up a set of bars in a row called Cavaletti where the dog has to pick his feet up really high to step over that and that allows him to actively flex and extend those joints, you know, that need to be flexed and extended. And although you could manipulate it yourself and do it, it's actually better for the dog to do it because the dog is then going to do it in a way that recapitulates real life. And so that's just an example. So mm-hmm. there will be exercises that the therapist would do in the clinic. And then the therapist will give you a home exercise program. It might include written instructions. It should include written instructions, but it also might include some video clips of how to do these exercises, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So there's many components of a rehabilitation program. And those will be selected by the therapist based on your dog's size, how your dog behaves, your dog's injury, the stage of healing, the therapist's experience, and the evidence basis what has been published to be shown as effective for Mm -hmm. these conditions. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things taken into consideration. And each program is very much individualized. It's not just like some rote thing where you do this and this and this, and then you're done. Also, the program will change over time as your dog begins to heal. Right. I think it's important to remember my Chihuahua's bad patella is probably going to be treated differently than my Dachshund's IVDD and my St. Bernard's yes. cruciate, right? Like all of those things are very, very different. And so if an owner has a dog with a problem, like they see either discomfort or lameness or what have you, they go to the veterinarian, they get a diagnosis, they go to the rehab person. This is a range. We were talking about this earlier. I think it's really fascinating such a range of the types of injuries and or fitness and or strength training, all of the breadth of what can be done in this sort of a situation. Yeah. And that's where all of this intensive training comes in. This is where a person who has all of this training integrates all of these different parts to put them together for your individual dog with that individual plan that actually changes probably as time goes by. And I think it is important that you mentioned it's not just about an injury, but in fact, let's say you have a dog that has intervertebral disc disease or back pain, maybe doesn't even have intervertebral disc disease, but lots of dogs have back pain. So then it's not actually an injury, but rather it's a fact of maintaining the dog's health and ability to move and treating their pain over a long period of time. If anyone's had back pain, you know, it's not something that's just gone. I'm sitting here like stretching my back in my chair while we're talking. Exactly. And so the great thing about this is that you have a professional who has the training and maybe you only go once every month or so. But they're checking on your dog and they're monitoring how it's going and they're making sure that it's either maintaining or getting better. And that's really, really important. Okay. So, Chris, I love the breadth of things that the specialist can do, the breadth of treatment plans. And we talked about where to find them. So we have that available. 
I would love to talk a little more on specific types of, I guess what I'm trying to say is my dog sitting on the couch has X, who should I see and what can I do about it? I guess, can I get my dog from lame to healthy? That process, I want people to have encouragement that that process works and that it is available and how best to accomplish it. I think that's really important. It is. And it's nice to have a plan and to know what the steps are one by one. So I would actually like to review that and to help the listeners with that, because I know it's really confusing. And before I go there, I would like to say that the field of rehabilitation and of sports medicine, but the rehabilitation component in particular has undergone exponential growth over the last decade. Mm. And we have many more options for health and wellness and long-term activity for our dogs than we had in the past. There's no reason, for example, I see this, boy, I wish I didn't have this, but anyway, you know, I'll be driving down the street, I'll see a dog and somebody's walking their dog and I see that he's lame and I want to stop my car and jump out and say, your dog doesn't have to be this way, you know? Because in the past, lots of people thought, well, that's just the way he is. And he's going to be that way for the rest of his life. We're in a different place now. And we need to realize that that doesn't have to be the case. That's actually a really important thing to know. There should be no dog that's living with pain. And that includes older dogs, too. There are phenomenal options for treatment of arthritis. It's estimated that a majority of older dogs are experiencing arthritis. Why should they have to live in pain when we know there are other options? And a big option for that is regular rehabilitation sessions where the dog is monitored and we see how he's feeling and we make him feel better. You should see these dogs. What's really thrilling about rehabilitation is the dogs are pulling on the leash to get to the door to get inside the clinic, which is really unusual because... Different than most veterinarians, right? Yeah, it's really wonderful. Chris, talk to us a little bit. We're talking about the actual hands-on. Where does medication fall into the scheme of this? Right. So the medication component also is going to be recommended by the veterinarian and only by the veterinarian. Again, you don't know what it is. And actually, let me say, it's not good enough to say he's got a sore leg. That's not enough or a sore back. I want to know exactly. And we are able to now know exactly what muscle or tendon or ligament or bone or whatever is affected now. We have the ability to know that. And you should know that because that will absolutely direct treatment so that it's going to be much more successful. Because, for example, you could have a strain, you could have a muscle tear, and the treatment for that is going to be very different than the treatment for an arthritis, for example. Not only the drugs that might be used, but also the rehabilitation therapy that might be used. So whenever you're not sure exactly what it is, it's always go to the veterinarian first. Right. And then from there, you get a diagnosis. We have new diagnostic abilities for diagnostic visualization, things like musculoskeletal ultrasound and arthroscopy and all kinds of ways to exactly identify what the problem is. And once you know what the problem is, then the veterinarian is going to prescribe drugs and the rehabilitation practitioner is going to take all of that information and make a plan for getting back to health 
Okay. And that would include movement, being able to move in whatever way the dog did before. If they love to chase balls, they should be now able to chase balls. You know, in most cases, now sometimes a dog will have to be restricted for life if it's a very significant injury. But in most cases, we can get dogs back to a lifestyle that is really fulfilling for them. And I think that's really our goal is to give them a fulfilling life. Yeah, that to me is just amazing. And I think it is so important that we understand as owners that we have that ability for our dogs. Final question, because I think this is going to be on some of our listeners' minds. How widespread is the availability of this sort of treatment? I'm listening to it thinking, I live in a very rural area and my veterinarian is amazing, but I'm real sure this is not in her bucket of things that she can do. So how liable are people to be able to find these types of resources, just generally? I mean, obviously, we'll give them the context, but give us an idea on that. And then if you can't find someone, then what do you do? Okay, so the Canine Rehabilitation Institute alone, which I'm most familiar with, has trained way over a thousand people and probably closer to 2000 or even over 2000 people now. Of course, they're all over the world, but really concentrated in North America. And so I would assume that all of the others have similar numbers and even possibly higher numbers. So there are lots of those people out there. And one of the things we're going to give you on, you're going to give the listeners, yeah. right, is a way to search for graduates of these programs. So that's going to be really important. Certainly, they're more centered around the higher population areas. Mm-hmm. But whenever I have a consultation with someone, especially someone that doesn't live close to me, and I need to help them find someone, we almost always can find someone within an hour's drive. Um, Not okay. always, almost okay. always. And the numbers are growing. But again, it's going to be like picking your own physician. You know, if you have a choice between several people, right. go in, talk to them, interview them and find mm-hmm. out which one you feel like you can communicate well with and you like their system and everything and go with them because you may have choices nowadays. That's really great to hear. I'm a little surprised, but that is great to hear. And I think that that is, again, as we change how we think about our dogs, as we add health insurance for our pets. As we do all of these things, it makes such a tremendous difference in terms of the pet's quality of life. So Chris, thank you. I really, really appreciate your time on this. And I'm super excited for our listeners to be able to go out and find a sports medicine and rehabilitation specialist and a certified non-veterinarian who can help their pets with strength training with fitness, with rehab, with whatever it might be. Yeah, our dogs are in a really great place, a better place than they've ever been for health and longevity these days. I agree. I do agree. I think it's amazing. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks, Laura. Good Dog is a secure online community that advocates for dog breeders, educates the public, helps informed puppy buyers connect directly with certified good breeders, and promotes responsible dog ownership. Good Dog is offering its Good Breeders special advanced access to the video recordings and transcripts for the full three-part Q&A webinar series with Dr. Hutchinson. All you have to do is sign up as a breeder at gooddog.com slash join. That is G-O-O-D-D-O-G 
Bitly.com slash join or click the link in the show notes.